Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. What are these small things that I can build today that will go there and really do that path? So I don't do a lot of planning in any of my startups. We never had like yearly plans or everything. Everything is like monthly plan. And it's really now that I focus on, right? Because what we talk today defines our future. What we do today defines our future. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Hey, welcome to another great episode with another great guest. Our guest is Shaheen Boydash. Shaheen is the CEO of Remote Team. Shaheen has had several of his businesses get acquired, including Remote Team, which was acquired by Gusto. Shaheen brings a wealth of knowledge around building businesses that solve problems in the marketplace. In this show, we're going to discuss why failure is an essential part of success how to analyze your mistakes, and lastly, embrace the era of being self-taught. I sure enjoyed chatting with Shaheen, and I think you're going to enjoy this discussion as much as I did. Let's chat with Shaheen now. Hey, Shaheen, thanks so much for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me. I am so excited to have you. So we're going to talk about this here shortly, but Gusto is a product that you're part of now. And I've used for a big part of my career as, as a former, I'm still a CPA, but when I used to have my practice, it's just an awesome product. So I'm so excited to be uh, getting into your world a little bit today. And where I'd like to start is just if you'd share a little bit about yourself and what you're doing and kind of a little bit about your journey. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for asking. Like, I am a, a third generation entrepreneur. I think uh, I know the Gusto is my first real job, I say, my <laughs> first real company. I hit eight businesses. Uh, I start very early in my life. Like, um, and the story was my father and my mother got divorced and I tried to look for a job. And the guy, of course, this is in Turkey. I was born in Boston and moved back to Turkey. And I first got my go and do an interview and the guy offered me $50 a month. A month, by the way. <laughs> it's not like a day or hour. I said, okay, well, I get so angry. I'm just like, what do you do? He said, I'm a business owner. Okay, then I have to be a business owner. <laughs> and then my journey of really finding people's problems and do a lot of companies. And when I look back, the core of this is 
I really like to take a manual process that people are doing, like fully manual and really bring a like a value added automated service. My first business was e-commerce in Turkey. I, I built one of the first e-commerce businesses. And then I built an accounting software. So we have a lot of similarities. And that idea was they were taking so much time to figure out how much money that they will have in their bank account. Like, because in Turkey, we have installments uh, that companies get paid in 12 months. So they need to see, okay, how much money I will get in May. It's that simple question. And no accounting software can do this real instantly. That was my first SaaS business. And then I moved to Silicon Valley 10 years ago and built a company called Movilala. Here is I go more for, for my passion, like the things that I really love. I love the movies. We work with movie studios. Then I built a company called Mojilala. That was while it's always seeing the, you know, the trends. While we work in Movilala, we partner with a company called Tango Chat App. And then we realized that people are using a lot of emojis. And then movie studios were asking us, okay, there's a lot of people are talking with emojis or stickers. And they were asking us, can you help us build stickers? I said, oh my God, there's no one out there, like a platform who can have a sticker platform. And then we did Mojilala, Facebook was our investor, Giphy Cat, Giphy was our investor. And then the next one is the idea that we had was a lot of people putting these stickers on images, right? And I see that in the future, like the most images we have will be augmented. Now we are living into that era, right? Deep fake. And that was 3D objects. So we create a company called Leo Air that you can put like 3D objects and do a scene for yourself. We did it for glasses, uh, AR glasses. And this is very interesting. So I was sitting in Stanford Stardex. I went to Six Accelerator, by the way. So I'm calling like myself like one of the most accelerated person or that person couldn't learn. So I need Hyper accelerated. Or I need to go to six accelerator to learn. And what I realized was I always had remote teams and I always work with contractors. We can go deeper a little bit on yes, that. Please. And then I realized in Stanford Startex and our 500 startups as well, most of the people are becoming international the founders in Silicon Valley, especially. And what they do is they hire people in their countries. It's very simple. I did that as well for 10 years. But I remember 10 years ago when I was telling this to my investors, my investors were telling me, don't hire international, don't hire contractors, (laughs) like get a local team, have a local team, you're going to get acquired or you're going to get more talent because of your local team, right? Now the world, God bless, changed. And then I look at around and everyone is asking these questions like, how will I pay my contractors? Uh, how will I track this? And I was personal tracking this in Google Sheet. Now I said, okay, uh, time to build remote team arrived. <laughs> and then I had my engineer and I said, okay, let's build something to help people to pay their international contractors. And then uh, I start to work on remoteteam.com. And then that ultimately got acquired and pulled into Gusto. Is that correct? Yes, yes, okay. yes. It is a very Silicon Valley story, to be honest. It's also networking. Why networking is so important in life. Uh, when you meet with at least key people, this is for your listeners, like really double down on your networks or high quality, high networked people, right? So three of my investors was Gusto's investors. And I was pitching my company as remote team for Gusto, <laughs> Gusto for remote teams, right? And really taking a lot of 
like I use Gusto all of my life as well as a HR tool. And yeah, yeah. I really love the beauty of the product, the design, how deeply it is cared. And I actually, to be honest, I always say I try to copy it in the remote team as much as possible. And we built something very interesting. I think that was our like secret sauce in the international payment space. I don't want to go too deep on it, but there is not a lot of payment providers who can support the whole world. So what we did is we combined six different of them. And let's say you are sending money to Israel, you are sending money to Pakistan, you are sending money to Ghana. Like we find the best, cheapest, reliable route. And then we build a so So Gasto and my, one of my investors were talking and they said, okay, we are looking to extend our international contractor because the remote world is coming. And my, they, we... The investor, Adam Nash, introduced me to Gasto. And then we actually started as a partnership and turned into a M&A because of like our goal was like, really, this is 100% remote team and this is now 100% in Gasto. Like we want businesses to onboard people very quickly. We don't want companies to lose like days to for documents and onboarding, all the stuff, right? And we want like... We want to help companies to pay contractors very easily, right? And remote team, and now we have the similar processes, even way better. Gasto makes it fast and easy to automate the onboarding process for US and international contractors and really get them running in the company very quickly. So I got a few things I want to unpack here. Yes. Just so much, so much gold there. But one just kind of anecdotal thing that I chuckled at is you made a comment about creating an accounting software that just did this yeah. really basic function, yeah. which just something hit me like, uh, just hit me upside the head. That's how I viewed Gusto the first yes. time I used it. Just so you know. I was like, dude, I've been using software forever or different tools to do payroll and HR. And these most common functions don't exist. And it just was like, why this simple stuff is in this Gusto that it should have been created a long time ago. And it just hit me when you said that because that's the exact feeling as a consumer I got when I was exposed to the platform, just so you know. Exactly. I had a similar experience. It was my first startup, Movilala, and we raised money from Mark Benioff, like which is a billionaire. And we got our first check, $100,000. And then I have to run a payroll. And I didn't use Gusto. I was using another guy. Right, right, right. I will not drop the name. I told my people, like, I'm not running this. I'm not running a payroll. I don't care how you pay your taxes. I'm going to give you in cash or check and everyone pays their own taxes. I am not doing, I am not clicking this button. If someone wants to learn and run it, I'm okay to do it. And everyone tried. He says, we are not doing that. And then another investor I had, Will Bunker, he told me like, Sean, you have to use Gusto. I said, oh, let's go. And I will go. So, oh my God, I can run the payroll. <laughs> yeah, so I don't want to make this a part uh, commercial about Gusto, but really, I mean, like from like little things like departmental, to, I mean, just like you couldn't even get interfaces yeah, into QuickBooks. Yeah, yeah, like it yeah. was all this jumping, just basic stuff. But anyway, what I really want to unpack. But this is, this is a good business idea for your customers. So if there is a process anywhere in this country that is cumbersome, ugly, not seamless, there is a big business opportunity. 
Well, you just took my question because that was my question. Like <laughs> what I took away from you is I was listening to you carefully and you clearly your mind was thinking, I'm trying to solve a problem and then maybe ride a, a trend if it's the right timing. Yes. So could you elaborate a little bit on that for the audience? Like maybe we're already doing something. Is there something that a business maybe is already doing that they could even be more hyper-focused on solving a problem or integrating a trend? Is there anything that comes to mind of how we could use that in our own world? Yeah, so that was a very interesting documentary I watched called Particle Fever. It's about physics, like nerdy physics stuff, like nothing business. Okay. But there's a professor that said something that like goes so deep in my heart. It's in my bone marrow. It's crazy. And then I look at everything like that. And I will. I wrote it down. Let me find it. Yes. The, it was about scientists, but I turned it into entrepreneur. I will do it very slowly. The thing that differentiates entrepreneur is a purely artistic ability to discern. Now I'm starting. What is a good idea? What is a beautiful idea? What is worth spending time on? Right. And most importantly, what is a problem that is sufficiently interesting yet sufficiently difficult? Okay. Like beautiful idea, good idea, worth spending time on. Difficult problem, interesting problem, and a little bit interesting and difficult, and has not been solved yet, has not been solved yet, and the time is solving has become. Like, this is like really pure silicone knowledge. And this is, I think, pure is opportunity, right? What's a good idea? What's a beautiful idea? What is worth time spending on? And it didn't solve yet, Right. And then it's also difficult because if it was easy, everyone was solving it. And you have all the you know, resources or you can create the resources and your faith plan is matching with this and you go build it. I find fascinating the word interesting too, because yeah. when the dog days hit, the, the tough times hit, if that interesting element isn't there, I think a lot, of, at least my experience in investing in a handful of deals, yeah. uh, it's easy to lose interest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It needs to be interesting. It yeah, needs to be yeah. very interesting. It needs to be important. It needs to solve real pain for yeah. like in Gusto, like we constantly like, what is the pain? What is the customer pain? How we can improve it? How we can like, it's, it's serious. All of our Slack is like eradicating customer pain, eradicating customer pain. And the more pain we solve in this world, we're going to have a more painless world. It's that simple actually, right? right, right. And I think we live in a, small business era. I think when we look back on capitalism, we will say, okay, we have monarchy, something else, capitalism, blah, blah, blah. Now we're going to say in the future, oh my God, this was a small business era. And I definitely believe we are living in that. Right, right. So you've had multiple business successes now. It sounds like you've had eight businesses. I think when reading about you, four of them, I think were successful in one way or another, at least. Like, do you have some key takeaways in terms of building a business. And what I'm really looking for is that scaling element of either adding staff, maybe, you know, sometimes listeners will come to me like, hey, I'm trying to build a leadership team, things along those lines, maybe even delegation, just setting up some things that help companies that your wealth of knowledge, maybe we can share with the audience. Does anything stand out? Yeah, 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 for sure. Of course, a lot. And it really, depending on the size of the business, but one thing that. I always said in my life, like I have multiple things like that, but I can start. I really built something that I really like. And this is, sounds very cheesy to people, I believe. But let me tell you how I look at it. 
I definitely believe we attract our faith plans and the currency of this universe is love. Because when we ask money to the angels or whatever that, they don't know what, why I'm giving money to this guy. It doesn't even exist like when he dies. Like I'm not, it's not good. So it's actually really solving the other people's pain, right? And I always trying to find the things that I hate as well in my career. So I was trying to buy a mobile phone. I couldn't buy it. Then I build a website. I want to pay international contractors. I couldn't pay it. Then I built a system to pay it, right? So that was always my core. Like, okay, but the problem on entrepreneurs, they have like hundreds of ideas. And which idea to select is also right. a little bit difficult. Or in your business, you are, let's say, making a million dollar ARR. Uh, and now we want to go to 10 million, you need to find the most impactful thing, right? I always look for, my life is always around optimizing midterm and doing some short-term stuff. Because when we always optimize for long-term, okay, let me, everyone has this mentality that like, I want to hit the perfect uh, baseball strike and really go for it. I am never optimized that. Because then it's sort of, Luck and perfection at the same time. I'll go for upper middle one, okay? So then I always do a lot of, like, spend my time on doing small things. Like 20, 30% of my time is short-term things that we can see an impact now, tomorrow, next week. And then a lot of magic is, okay, I want to build something in four months, definitely do something that will bring me a million dollar revenue or $5 million revenue or $100,000 revenue. So what are these small things that I can build today that will go there and really do that path? So I don't do a lot of planning in any of my startups. We never had like yearly plans or everything. Everything is like monthly plan. And it's really now that I focus on, like because what we talk today defines our future. What we do today defines our future, right? So that was the key away. And I always work with very nice people. Like there was a thing about Navy sales. Instead of finding the best Navy sale, they find the best trustworthy people. And I really go for that. Like, okay, I'm going to spend a lot of time with my team or my people or our colleagues. I really find great people. And uh, self-taught is also insanely important for me. Like I'm a self-taught person. I want everyone to be like consume information like crazy and learn a lot and really go for the extra miles. And that was always my like core DNA. And I'm actually, this is very interesting. I am not, when I was building companies, I actually focus on building more features, less quality. And instead of doing amazing, deep, high quality, like in Gusto, we go for quality. But in my previous companies, I go for quantity, like build a lot of things, see what it sticks and go for the one that is sticking. Because like the Edison thing, right? You test a lot or Facebook, they test a lot. The ones that they work, they go for it. And it is the last question about the leadership is, or the, the core team is like, you really need to find great people. Like I learned this in my first two businesses, I was doing everything by myself, a lot of things as a coder. And I was very late on building teams. And now I am seeing in Gusto or in, because Gusto is a, like a decacon, right? A $10 billion company. And what I'm seeing is, is really the parts of the sum is greater than the total, right? They have, when you have great people that as expert or becoming a domain expert, 
I think that really matters because eventually it's a team sport, right? Business is a team sport. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Now, I'm going to go to the other side of the yeah. fence. Is there anything along all these journeys that takeaways like, man, I just wouldn't have done that or that's a, I need to do over on that one. Anything stand out that kind of went the wrong direction? Oh my, so much, so much. <laughs> I, think, I think, to be honest, like when you look back, we always think there is successes more. No, there's failures more. Exactly. Like it's like, it's just, it just never works, right? Never works, never works. Never, ah, it's working. No, it's not working. So it's like, I think the majority of the iceberg, right? 95% is that big ways that doesn't work, right? I love hearing you say that though, because I think sometimes people feel like when you have success, it like just shows up or you, you're in the right spot at the right time or whatever. And that some of that may play in, but the reality of it is it's a lot of testing and it's a lot of growing and developing and learning from your mistakes. And then Ultimately, hopefully you land in some very successful situation, which sounds like remote team getting absorbed into Gusto had to be kind of a home run in my mind, at least. What are some do-over like events for you or are there yeah. a few things that stand out maybe? A lot. So one thing that is, is a good point, when I moved to Silicon Valley, I was trying to build a tech startup and tech startups is uh, you really need to raise money, right? And I had to do 500, I, my co-founder wrote an article in entrepreneur.com we had 500 investor meetings. Wow. Okay. And 500. Wow. Like, so, uh, and it, then people look at me in the last company, I, I raised my money in two weeks, but no, I, worked, I had 500 meetings in my previous three companies and I built a relationship with these people. Then the fourth one got easier, right? So in my life, I'm really like the Amazon kind of approach, like it really look for 20. Like I do plans for 20 years. I definitely believe I'm going to live long. I trust science that we're going to solve most of the problems, right? I trust people. So I look at, okay, I'm going to live 120. So like, what is the net? The way I'm building things, I really try to build for long term, but my companies are two years. Uh, life cycles, like there's always two years, but that is overnight success is always 10 years of making. Right, right. And just to clarify, when you say you talk to 500 investors, now, I assume many of those were telling you like, hey, this isn't a good idea. Hey, this isn't yeah. going to work. Hey, you, I mean, depending on the severity of maybe, hey, you stink or whatever. But I mean, it was a lot of rejection. Like, I, I don't want to like just kind of gloss over that. But you got a lot of no's, right? So when I was very young, I think so. my uncle or someone said, Shine, go to a, a bazaar and sell socks. And then you go like, I was stuck, like nobody buys it, right? So like any conversion rate, right? Whatever we do, any businesses, you do emails, 98% doesn't open, 2% open, right? It's that, like, I don't know why we have this obsession that it will be 100% perfect. It's not, right? So I wish just rejection. You get rude stuff. Like, it's not, <laughs> like, it's like, and then... You get a horrible meeting and you come like super demoralized because you always have, you, the, this is this is the most roller coaster thing when it comes to like going and pitching even sales or getting money or high ticket clients or building businesses. You need to tell a story and you go there with high energy. You have all your hopes up. You're going to get this thing and you go there, they crush you, right? <laughs> then... <laughs> And then you go to your team and they crash you too why you didn't close the deal, right? <laughs> so it's just like, 
It's like horrible, like every second of it, right? But every time you do it, you get better, you get better, you get better, you build it. It's 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 like uh, practice makes us remember that we all want it, right? I don't believe we learn anything. We come to the earth with the old Akasha records. We just remember the things. It builds the synapses, right? It's really rejection. I mean, like, I don't know anyone also other than some exceptions. There's like 21-year-old and all like very lucky in life. I never try to optimize for it. I will optimize for, I will do something so much and I'm not a very smart guy. I feel myself. I will learn at the end of it. I hope it doesn't take 10 years. I try, I try build system to squeeze it in a short time. We hope you're finding today's discussion to be beneficial to sculpting your own business success. Head over to 17minutemeeting.com for a complimentary 17-minute strategy session to help you identify and achieve your goals. That's available exclusively on 17minutemeeting.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't know anyone also other than some exceptions. There's like 21-year-old and all like very lucky in life. I never try to optimize for it. I will optimize for, I will do something so much and I'm not a very smart guy. I feel myself. I will learn at the end of it. I hope it doesn't take 10 years. I try, I try build system to squeeze it in a short time. How do you know though? And I think this is a valuable question for everybody. How do you know when it's time to hang them up? I mean, when you say 500, like I think of myself, like, I don't know if I could endure 500. I'd probably give up after 20. How do you know the difference between like being crazy? Uh, you know, I'm just crazy and I'm going to keep doing it versus, hey, it's time to hang, kind of hang them up. This isn't the right yeah. idea. Like when do you know? When yeah. is that right? Sign. So this this 500, yeah, there is a wishful thinking and obsession is a very bad thing. Right. You need to be crazy, very, 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 like, realistic in life. Okay. Okay, like, you need to be your biggest critics in life, but not try to demoralize you, like, analyzing, right? Yeah. So, of course, in this 500, I didn't say, like, we meet with 500 and then get raised investment. So, we yeah. meet, like, my first was, I think, 10 and then we got one, and you yeah. got another 40. But this is what I learned is, so you got the feedback. Ah, I was doing a movie startup, and Silicon Valley doesn't like movie startups. We are like all like B2B, more like non-consumer products. That like We have a lot of consumer companies in Silicon Valley, but the startup scenes and venture scenes, you don't see a lot of money going to the consumer startups that much. It's like very little, but a lot of money. So you get constant feedback, and it's okay. This is, I'm not in the right business for sure, but I started it. I will go for it. 
uh, you try to find the best people who will believe in you, right? Like you'll try to find people who had the idea, want to build it. Like we had a guy that's very interesting, uh, Jim Molishak. Uh, he's a great investor. He was uh, head of HBO. And uh, we also had, I forgot his name, uh, ex-CFO of Disney. I had great investors in my first startup because they believe that this idea can work and everyone tried, it failed. But the way you are pitching is believable that I think they can, we can solve the move marketing problem, right? So I don't give up easily, to be honest, but I have to, I look at the signals that we are doing something. Of course, I worked on Movilella for 40 years, but if I'm doing it right now, I will, sell, I will not select that. But because I select that, I'm selecting remote team two years ago, right? So... Uh, I have also no regret rule in my life. Whatever the fate plan had that there, uh, I lived the perfect fate, uh, fate plan. So, but we have to constantly do the checks. Like, and if you are not improving, so we always go, okay, why this guy rejected? What is the problem? Where is what we are doing? How we can do the pitch? I remember my co-founder, like she was recording herself on the camera, like every day. And the worst one, we were putting in TV in the office and make everyone watch it so she suffers. It's crazy. Like you, you suffer until you learn it, right? It's like muscle building. But you need to see the muscle growing, then it's going somewhere. If you don't see that, then you need to recheck your assumptions or do something else. Got it. I love your no regret rule, by the way. And I also love your analogy there of the muscle building. So you have to basically see some progress that you can kind of validate that you're moving forward. That's awesome. So, hey, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I have a few more questions. I wanted to talk a little bit about remote teams. Yeah. And in particular, maybe like international remote teams, freelancers. How do we... Because I know that's an area you're now going into. Gusto's, I believe, is, is that the direction they're going. Yes. Where does that fit in? Now, startups are one... I totally get startups with small development teams needing international teams. Is there an application here for the general business owner, maybe running like a one to $10 million business? And they really, talent is always a challenge for them. Is there a spot for them for that type of uh, potential client? Yeah. If you look at uh, remoteteam.com, like we were really for startups and tech companies, but Gusto is for America. Like every small right. business is out there, like most of them can use Gusto. And this is why we joined Gusto because we will never reach that amount of companies uh, in remote team. Uh, it will be insanely difficult, but Gusto is more, we optimize for small business. So what happened in tech, all the remote tools we had, Zoom, like Google Docs, and all these hundreds of tools that we created uh, help us to become remote. So what happened is people start to hire out of their states, right? And this, it after COVID, like COVID, before COVID, this was great to have. Some companies were doing successful. After COVID, it turned to must-to-have. And now that must-to-have, we saw that, oh my, it's working. I can hire someone 40 miles away so they don't need to drive to the hours and they are as good as someone in the office, right? Companies start to see that. So what Gusto did, I think it was very smart. This was way before I joined, like state registration. So one of the biggest pain points is, you, you know it as a CPA, when you need to hire someone, you need to do a state registration. We uh, build a great product around that. And then what the trend was, okay, I'm hiring someone out of state. Why am I hiring someone in Canada? 
Why I'm not hiring someone in Mexico or Brazil or Europe, right? And then we see that trend that is happening. But I think one of the things that most people, I never read this, and this is my theory. I think we are living in a self-taught era that who wants to learn something Let's say they want to be a great content writer. They want to build small businesses. Like 10 years ago, did we have this podcast? No. Now the information is so out there. You can be in Europe. You can be in Ghana. Like although my content team in remote team was in Ghana, you can be in Turkey and still work for the world, right? This didn't exist 10 years ago. It wasn't a tooling. It was more like a knowledge base. And then now because of the internet and because all the create like content creator like yourself, create this content for people to learn, right? And then we see a huge trend that companies, any company, like doesn't matter they are tech or not, any small businesses can hire someone out of state and can hire someone internationally. And in Gusto, we're trying to make that as seamless as possible, like we first talked about, make it so easy, so beautiful. But we are not a platform that you will find your talent. So what happened is, this is my first startup. And when I come to Silicon Valley, I was a coder. I cannot use Microsoft.net. It's not the app in Silicon Valley. So I did a Ruby on Rails, but it will take me time. I find my first employee in life in Silicon Valley using Upwork, right? And then... That's what I use. I have that's what I use for Fiverr and all this. So, But after some time, when you work with them a lot... Uh, then you have more ex- more good relationship with them. So you onboard them. When you onboard them, this is where Gusto comes in, right? And we see that trend a lot. Now, uh, the way I always approach this and we see it in our, we did a, something called Gusto Economics, which is pretty cool. We have so much data on a lot of trends. And one of the trends we are seeing is people want flexibility. And I sold that vision and I hired a lot of people in Turkey because I'm Turkish. And it was all about like, do you want a flexible job? Do you want to go to an office? No, 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 no. I want a flexible job. And now we see this, like people want to have, and it opens up the whole world for you. I never realized that Ghana's first language is in English. So instead of having a content writer in the US, I can hire someone in Ghana and they are as good as cost-effective or they are as good as US, but way more cost-effective. And I'm also helping their country. I feel so great about it. And they're a great journalist school. And this is something that I suggest a lot of companies to do it, is you really start with a country, find a person there that you build trust. And trust is extremely important, right? You, the trust, when it comes to remote work, it needs to be based on trust, very trustworthy people. And then that person went to the top journalist school and then we hired the whole team there. And this was very similar. So I learned the culture. And then we extend our team there. It was the same in Turkey. It was the same in Mexico. So this is a general advice that I really suggest companies to extend their talent pool by looking out of state. And then maybe Americas, like Canada, South America, and there's great talent there, and then go for Europe, Africa, and Middle East, and yeah, more. Yeah, I think it's an awesome solution because, like for example, I use some websites to recruit people that yeah. are in other countries, other than Upwork, and 
when it comes to paying them, it's a nightmare. Like it's I there's what wise, there's PayPal, but they're all inconsistent. The fees yeah. are all over the place. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes you'll hear from your employees, your staff, that they're having problems getting the right conversion that's fair. And so there's just all this friction in doing it. So it's really easy to say, hey, I'm not going to do it. So I love that you guys are going in that direction because I really think bringing, being able to bring this all together in one more automated, efficient, reasonable, and fair way, hopefully, that everybody can benefit. I think it's a big thing. I think it's huge. And we say it all in one platform. We want like all of your team to be in Gusto, right? International, awesome. US contractors, international contractors, international employees. That's also a thing because in some companies, they work with a contractor and the contractor, I want to be fully employed. Like most of the time, People like do their own taxing, do their own things and everything. But like there, we see a lot of companies want to hire international employees, right? Then we want everyone into your platform because I personally had that same issue, like transferize, PayPal, bank transfers. It's like, this is also a very big business advice to people. Like I try, if I see something that I'm doing multiple times and it's like soul killing me and it's like killing my soul and I'm wasting hours and hours, I try really find a solution. And in Gasta, like I remember when I was doing five people's payment and then it goes to 10 people, it takes me like four or five hours every time. And you need to do it like in the first day. And sometimes that first day is Friday. Sometimes you don't need to, you don't have enough money to pay. It's just like a horrible thing. It's just such a time. So in Gusto, we're trying to make it seamless and save ours and also save money as well and make a reliable system. So you focus on other things, right? Yeah, I love that. Hey, you've given me a lot, but I, I'm going to be greedy here and ask for one more. Yeah, yeah. Can we end with a business or a life tip that you can share with us? It could be personal. It could be business. Just that maybe we could apply to our lives. Yes. I think I will tell you one of my biggest secrets. Okay. Okay. I use a co- app called Feedly. Okay. okay. Feedly. Okay. Feedly. And I follow around 80 sources of RRS feeds and everything. Okay. And what I do, this is very interesting. In all the business I had in my life, eight businesses, I had no idea. I had no idea to build. I build a e-commerce website. I build a healthcare product line. I build a phone for kids, Firefly, and another luxury e-commerce, social network around movies. I never been to LA at that time. And a B2B business after building 10 years, 20 years of consumer products. And it's all feedly. Whenever I need to learn something, I just go find the top people there, add them in the, my RRS feed, and in Feedly, you can see this. So my level of Feedly is I skim through 500 to 1,000 articles a day, wow. like very quickly, like, like this. And when I look at my Feedly stats, I ran through 4 million articles. So then, like, of course I know so much. Right. It's like, it's not like I am smart or not. Like I follow, like, so if I need to learn B2B growth, then I go like, go to 20 B2B growth 
articles and just go check them, check them. And the ones that I like, of course, I read it, right? Now, God bless, we can shorten the article and make it shorter with OpenGPT. (laughs) (laughs) But this is one of my best secrets in life. Like I use Feedly very religiously every day, walk-in, restroom, waiting in line. I just like look at the articles. And over the years, of course, Feedly didn't exist before iPhone. I had RRS feeders. And the way I do it is, this is the tricky part. When you scroll up, it reads it. So you never see it again. So you put this and there's a section called auto-read when scroll. And when you scroll up, you don't see that again. So I, this is sounds so crazy. I probably read every TechCrunch title ever published in the TechCrunch history, right? Eventually, I don't do it because they are now writing so much articles. But let's say I find a B2B growth guy, right? I put him in the blog. Like, I remember I was on B2B growth, like HubSpot, like Nathan, like other blog podcasts and stuff. And then take that and read it like a maniac. And in two, three months, you sort of become an above average guy to hire someone that's better than you or at least understand that they are really good at that. And this is like, really, I do this, like this one thing for 25 years of my life. I like that. I got to check that. I've never heard of Feedly. Now, you yeah. did make a comment about uh, Open Chat. I think it's GPT. I'm not sure of the exact yes, language. Yes, How yes, do you yes. utilize that? I'm curious. How I have played around with it. And it's pretty cool. I've used some other like Jasper and some other content yeah. uh, AIs that are okay. This definitely is a next generation. But how do you uh, how do you interface that? You mentioned about shorter articles. Are you using it in any way that a common person can use it? Yeah, I think it's really going there. Uh-huh. It's really going there. Like I... And now I don't do any images anymore. Like I, I had, I had to do social posting. I don't use any. I don't go to designers anymore. I just go and create the image from Stable Fusion or others, right? And I don't write things. I just write, put it in the open jib. Of course, it's like one week old, two weeks old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I should be careful. <laughs> I don't like that. So I really see we are seeing something like. That will take us hundred year, hundred thousand years advance in our human civilization. Wow. It does. I mean, the, some of the I've, I've, I've played around with like it, trying to have it create an article. It's a little bit wordy, but it gives you like the whole format that you can yeah. just kind of condense, clean yeah. up, and in a fraction of the time, it's, it is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, but I, I definitely think like when we do this podcast, we can use Open GPT, not now. And translate it into however language out there using our own voice in that language. So as a podcaster, like, this is insane, right? That's because crazy. I remember Mr. Beat saying that in Joe Rogan, like only 10% of the people speaking English on YouTube. So there's like the reason. But he has to use an overdub voice in Japan. That's not his voice, right? So now with Descript and other Synthesia and other things, like we built this podcast, right? And then uh, you have the text. We can remove anything we want and we, or add anything you want or I want. And then in our voice, and then it can translate it into like whatever language that the system. So, and this is coming in like few years. It's so crazy. So I think what everyone can do, a common person is just check what other people are doing, right? In Twitter, this is Feedly, what I did. I go to OpenGPT. Uh, hashtag OpenGPT and put it in my Feedly 
And now I am checking like around 20, 30 tweets every day. I don't want to go more every day to see what people are building. Like some guy built a, a child's book from images from the whole AI, stories from AI, and put it in Amazon. And it's getting sales. Like it's, it says I'm making like $5,000. And it's crazy, right? It's just, it's first few days sales or something. And I think this is something also very interesting. You don't need to be a technical person to use it. Maybe it's one of the first innovations, like one of the biggest innovations of tech world that anyone can use it. It translates amazingly. I, I do a lot of Turkish to English, English to Turkish thing. It's, it's way better. I, I told my translator, uh, girl, she's doing Netflix translation. I said, I should, we don't need to do this. Just go to OpenGPT, put it in English or Turkish, and then redo it from there. So it does 95% of your job. And I think we are going to a world that automation with our natural language will be the key in the next few years. Wow, crazy stuff. Or in the next five, five, ten years, I will say it's maybe a better Crazy yeah. stuff. And for the listeners out there, I'll put the link uh, to, yeah. to open open uh, chat. Your link, the one we've been talking about is gusto.com. Yeah. And I'll put this in the Think Tyler show notes. Is there anywhere else that people wanted to reach out to you? Is there anywhere else you'd want them to go? Or is Gusto the right spot? Gusto is the right spot. Okay. But I am available in social media. Like I read every message that's coming in. Awesome. Okay. Well, hey, Shane, thank you so much for being on thank the show. You, so you dropped so many bits of wisdom and tips for, the, for myself as well as the audience. I really appreciate it. And if you have something you want to promote in the future, I'd love for you to come aboard again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Such a great podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.